James, what is your one wish? The world would do one thing. What would it be? Um, you wish for one thing and I'm, one thing only. One thing. Nothing else can be achieved. Yeah. This is the one thing I want to happen. Yeah. And it has to be summarized in one word. Equality. This is Peace. For me, unity. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. And it's funny you should say that, actually. And it just should, came to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you pulled it straight out of the ether. But it's funny you should mention that because we're actually talking about unity today on the Dan Rand podcast. There's been a bit of controversy circulating. Yeah, drama. A bit of disquiet on the internet yeah. about a company named Unity. Mm-hmm. And I reckon there's maybe half of you that are like, I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the posts. Mm-hmm. I've seen the game developers angry. I've seen gamers angry. Mm-hmm. And the rest of you are like, what are these clowns talking about Yeah, it's exactly. again? So for the former, we'll get through the background quick. For the latter, strap yourself in. You strap yourself in. We're about to get go explain a mode. <laughs> James, what on earth? So Unity, they are a game engine. What is a game They're engine? They're a game engine. A game engine, in layman's terms, is basically like the set of tools, standards, APIs, plugins, etc., that you can build a video game around. But more basically, so I want to build a video game. Yep. You want to make a game. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I want it to be cool in 3D. Mm-hmm. So you've got a few choices there. One, you can build from scratch right? I'm going to make a game from scratch, all the little bits and pieces that go into it. Mm-hmm. This is the way they essentially develop games, early games. Yeah. You know, you want to make a video game, you work as a software developer at a game studio, and it's 1992, you're going to probably start from scratch in yeah. making that work. I'm going to tell a computer, like, make pixels on the screen, render this. Exactly. Nowadays, that gets pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, if you want to create a, a game, you can put an insane amount of effort into it just like rendering a cube on the screen. Yes. And then you're going to want the, the shadows. And, and then, like... you, then you're going to want the cube to do something. Yeah. You're going to want the cube to move. So yeah. you, you have to consider all the different ways that user inputs are reflected on the screen and yeah. the inputs. It's no longer feasible. So yeah. there, was, there was basically a point where off-the-shelf video game engines that were built by other companies started to be used by video game developers. Rather than building everything from scratch, the engine gives them kind of like a baseline way of developing for all the different platforms that people use yeah. uh, and including everything from kind of like how stuff functions, how the physics work, how light works in yeah. sort of like so a So you don't have to build that from scratch. You don't have to build that from scratch, you know. Even like little things is kind of like, oh, I want my game to have water in it. Mm. How's that water going to behave? Yeah. You're probably, unless you're an incredibly sophisticated operation, you're not, probably not building water physics from the ground up. Yeah. They come as part of the engine or as a plug-in to the engine or whatever. Anyway, so there's, there's a few big ones that are around in the market now. The one that is, the one that kind of has the most prestige, I guess you could say, and is used very widely in a lot of like really high budget games is Unreal, mm. which is made by Epic Games. And then that started like they did Unreal Tournament, right? That's kind yep. of the genesis of. So they they made a game where they built everything from the ground up, and then were like, if you want to make a game that has kind of similar graphics and what and physics and whatever, and you don't want to build that crap from scratch, use ours. Yeah, totally. And it's now incredibly common. Games like Fortnite, which is also an Epic Games thing, are built in Unreal. A lot of mainstream big budget games are built in Unreal, and they're really working to expand the usage of it. But one of them that comes up that is even kind of even more widely used is called Unity. 
And Unity's been around since 2005. It was originally launched as a game engine for the Mac. So I think they even announced it at a, um, one of the Apple keynotes back in the day. And the idea being that you could build Mac games on this engine. But it sort of really hit its stride with mobile gaming. So mm. when mobile gaming became big after the iPhone launched in 2007, Unity really put itself forward as the place to build your like mobile game. Everything from like, you know, some little Candy Crush type thing, not Candy Crush explicitly, but some little pu- little little puzzle game. Yeah. Um, all the way to something that was you know more sophisticated. You can also run Unity games across all sorts of platforms, like everything from your PS5 to your Xbox to your PC and whatever. But mobile gaming is where it kind of made its fortune. Mm. It has an absurd market penetration there. Uh, and if you're an indie game maker, you know you're you're someone that's making like a, a lower budget game. Unity is super common because a it's pretty easy to use. Got a pretty low overhead. A lot of you know Unreal is, has a bit of a learning curve that Unity doesn't necessarily have, and it's just yeah culturally part of like the indie gaming scene. You're making, yeah, you're making a game from for as a small independent producer. You're probably using Unity. So the way that Unreal, the Epic Games engine, you know, Fortnite guys, whatever, works is they take 5% royalty of every dollar made after a million dollars in revenue. So if you've got it, you can use it basically for free. As you said, it's more complicated and a bit harder or whatever. But after you've made a million bucks, 5% starts going to Epic, starts going to the Unreal engine um, of all of the money that you make. Whereas what was different with Unity is that they don't have that kind of percentage-based a unit economics. It's just a flat monthly subscription cost per head, like classic SaaS software, yep. which is obviously much kind of easier to predict, I suppose, from like if you're starting a business and you're like, yeah, well, I know I have to pay them 150 bucks or 180 bucks, whatever it is per month for my software, for everything I use, license, like I can kind of build that into my costs. Yeah. The other thing they seem to provide is like the ad network. So if I want to put ads in my game, because obviously that's like mobile first, it makes makes sense. If I want to put ads in my game, they already have that kind of ad network. And yeah, interestingly, Unity kind of really leaned into that mobile games market because they bought Iron Source, which is kind of a mobile ad network thing. So one of these kind of plug and play features you can build into your game or your app or whatever in the app store is, um, is the ad network, i.e. it's free to download, but you've got ads against it and you can make revenue from the ads. But... Obviously, in this case, Unity will take a percentage of um, for running their ad network, as is common with any kind of yep. ad network. But there's drama, though. There's drama. So the, this is no longer the, the case. Yeah. The drama is that Unity announced, surprising kind of everyone, that they were moving to a new kind of revenue model. And the revenue model was essentially they were going to start charging per install of your of your app mm. so the idea being that you know if you are a um say an app a game that's on the apple app store every time over a certain threshold of revenue every single time that your app is installed they would charge you 20 cents mm. so this kind of pissed everyone off yeah. and caused a massive online backlash for a few reasons the first being is that it was retroactive so Unity has kind of like prided itself for a very long time on being really legible kind of pricing terms. It's flat rates. It's a subscription. Mm. The uh, the CEO has been on the record in the past saying they won't they don't charge royalties. Yeah, kind of like I mean, big... as I said, though, it makes it really easy. If you start, especially if you start small in a game studio, you can predict. We've got two developers here. 
We know what that's going to cost. Every time we want to onboard a new developer to work with us and it's a new headcount, you just factor in the extra subscription. Fine. It doesn't matter what your revenue does. Your accounting is very easy. It's just an ongoing fixed cost versus like royalties, which can get quite complicated. You've got to kind of account for them and be putting them aside. And depending on kind of fluctuations in revenue, those payouts are different, blah, 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 blah. Complex, harder to build into your models, especially if you're like a smaller game studio. So on the one hand, you have the epic one, which is pretty legible. It's mm-hmm. like once you start making a million dollars, you give them X percentage of how much revenue is. Yeah. But per install kind of startled It's everyone. fucked everything up. It's fucked everything up because it, it kind of, on the one hand, you could kind of understand maybe what they were trying to do. So yeah, every time you install the game, and that kind of makes sense when you're like, again, it's available on Steam or the Apple App Store, you hit download. It goes onto someone's device, you get charged 20 cents. Yeah. No, I, I actually love this as kind of a case study in just the business incentives being completely misaligned with like the customer incentives and what the customer wants. Because, yeah, it makes sense from a Unity perspective, they can easily track install. The game engine, they are able to ping home whenever any, anyone, and as you're about to outline, not in every case, but in if someone downloads yeah an app from the app store, Unity know about it. So they can just fire off at the end of the month, we know you've had 2,000 installs. At 20 cents an install, here's how much you owe us. Sweet. Fully automated or whatever. You know, there are problems with that alone, right, just in tracking it. Yeah, I, I, it's difficult to track. I mean, there, the example that a lot of people put forward is like if you buy from a platform like GOG.com, which is good old games, they give you like a DRM-free version of the game, which doesn't have to connect to the internet to install. Mm. How do you know how many times that's installed? So, I mean, the point is like, if you were feeling particularly evil one day, as I often do, wake up feeling, mm. you know, feel kind of nasty and evil, I want to ruin someone's day. Uh, what's to stop you? And this is potentially an extreme example, but this is what everyone was talking about. Mm. What's to stop you from finding a game developer run by a person you hate? Yeah. And then installing, creating a script, installing a, creating a script that installs and deletes the game repeatedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like more broadly, the interesting thing is like, it fucks the unit economics up totally of every single game developer's business. Because as I said, okay, two models here previously. One where, okay, I can factor in every time I hire a new developer who needs to use Unity, then I just factor in that cost. Two, I need to pay 5% of my revenue after a million dollars. So I just factor that in as as a cost. After a million dollars, I've factored in 5% goes to Epic. This all of a sudden is completely different because installs are nothing to do with revenue in that like the whole amazing thing about like software is zero marginal cost, right? Like I build the software and for the most part, obviously there's like very small marginal cost in like hosting or whatever and maybe customer service. But like for the most part, it doesn't really matter if 10 people install it or a million people install it, especially if I have like a distributor like the App Store who is actually like dealing with most of the um, kind of hosting costs and distribution costs. The difference in cost to me is negligible. And so as a game developer, I'm incentivized to have as many people as possible install a free version of my game. Hence why you have like free business models that you're then trying to like upsell people to either subscribe to or buy gems on blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, every single free install costs me money. Yeah. And it completely screws up your entire business model. Yeah, it, it screws up like the growth model that the industry has pursued for, for, for a long time. Yeah. And it's also like... You can see why they wanted to do it because the game industry model is expanding. There are a lot of people, you know, we've talked about like video game streaming that's coming over the horizon. We've also talked about like um, like Xbox Game Pass where you pay yeah. a certain fee 
or like the PlayStation version of it, you pay a certain fee to Sony or Microsoft and you get you can download as many games in that catalog mm. as much as you want. So they want to they want to capture value there because the idea is that they're not necessarily paying for a game when it's on Xbox Game yeah, Pass. Yeah. You're just downloading it. Yeah. So they want to get some value from that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which you get, which I understand. But it also, as you said, just like completely cocks up how the that entire model works. Yeah, and well, it cocks it up for Microsoft and stuff as well. And Microsoft all of a sudden having to owe Unity 20 cents per install via the kind of streaming thing that makes that no longer work. But um, which this is why I find it quite amazing as a thing to just do. Unity is a big company. As you said, it's been around for a long time. It's publicly listed. Their, st- their stock price has, has plummeted over the last few years dramatically because it was another one of those like COVID boom stocks. They IPO'd recently and then, you know, went through the roof. Well, the, and then there's, there's a cautionary tale here, right? And I think this is one of the core things at the heart of, of this, right? Mm. So Unity started as a game engine, right? That's what it was the foundation for people to build games on yeah. top of. They did really well with that. They started to really penetrate the broader gaming industry. A lot of games were built. A lot of really popular games were mm-hmm. built on Unity. So already you can see them being like, there's value that they're generating that's not being captured. So yeah. you can see why they're trying to capture it. But then they started taking a shitload of venture capital investment, basically. Yeah. They started absorbing a bunch of um, investment money. And as we've talked about a lot on Town Round before, if that's the deal you make where you take on a bunch of external investment, you need to grow. Yeah. And you need to become huge to justify all the, the money that you know Sequoia Capital is pumping into you. Yeah, because you've obviously promised them that you're going to grow quickly. You're promised that you're going to grow. And I think what Unity kind of realized at one point is we already own a shocking amount of the games industry by stealth. Mm. We're not really getting the value out of it. What are we going to do? So they've, they've tried a couple of different things. The first thing they tried was... Epic Games is trying the same thing mm. with a bit more success, I think. Unity's like, we're actually not just for games. We, we You can use Unity for all different sorts of stuff. They leaned heavily into Metaverse. Like and- They did. They had a Metaverse play. But also they're like, we can be used for film production. Mm. We can be used for like automotive stuff. Like they, they made a big pitch to the automotive industry using Unity to build like entertainment experiences retail experiences, that kind of stuff. So they expanded to all this sort of stuff. One of their biggest moves is they bought Waiter Digital, which is the New Zealand-based visual effects studio. It did all the visual effects for like mm. Lord of the Rings and things like that. Peter Jackson was really involved in, in that company. They bought them and it was like a metaverse play or whatever. They talked about it as a metaverse play. Mm. It was like it was last year, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So the idea being like, this is how we're going to grow. They took that path. And from what it seems like, that hasn't really played out. Epic Games is doing okay in this space as well. They're doing a lot more film production stuff. A lot of the Disney shows, Disney Plus shows, use Unreal Engine for like the parts of their VFX, like the Star Wars shows, mm. use a lot. So if that's what you Unity probably a bit less. So what's the the other strategy they can take to pivot to keep growing and extracting more value? It is as you know. Last week, uh, Richard Cook said it on the Wikipedia episode: in shittification. Mm. Like, <laughs> how do we? basically make the experience worse mm. to extract more money. Yeah. And a lot of companies go down that route. It's like we have a great product that people love to use that it's like it's got a low, a, a shallow learning curve. It's cheap. It's functional. Mm. It's great. But we're losing money. <laughs> but we're not making money. So we need to we're make – We're not enough money. I we're guess. not making enough money. So we, we have to make it shitter in some way. Mm. And this is the way they've, they've basically stumbled across. Yeah. No doubt going to walk this back because it's just – 
insanely short-sighted to me. Again, I can see from internally. Internally, it makes perfect sense. Firstly, they're looking at Epic and going, okay, shit, Epic gets so much upside. If the, if a game uses an Epic, uses Epic and sells and makes $100 million in revenue, Epic get 5% of every dollar over that $1 million mark. So they get 5% of $99 million in revenue. Fantastic. If, it, if Unity Game does exactly the same thing, they just get their 180 bucks per month uh, per dev. They get none of that upside potential. So they're going like, okay, we want that upside potential. The way that Unreal does it is they'll call up someone they know is using Unreal and be like, what's you guys' revenue this year? Oh, it's more than a million. Okay, cool. You owe us 5%. They set up like a personal phone call, like person-to-person relationship where they like do that accounting every month now. And like, we're just going to rely on you to report the accurate numbers to you. You sign the contract, blah, 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 blah. Unity have gone like, okay, we don't want to do that. So there's multiple things. A, as you said, like, okay, in the future, how do we get value from installs in a subscription-based world? And like, how do we get a piece of that? Well, yes, installs, I guess, is the way. And two, how do we automate the process of like our accounting? And that is like, we can actually track installs. So it makes sense internally. We can automate that entire billing process, blah, 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 blah. But it just is so insanely short-sighted to me how they didn't see the outburst coming when they're destroying the business model fundamentally of what like contemporary gaming business model is. It's crazy to me. You're right. I think they, they've already announced that they're reviewing it after the insane backlash. Because mm. here's why the backlash was so damaging, right? And I think there's a parallel here with Reddit. And I think... And here, this is kind of like a revision to our Reddit episode, right? When uh, the Reddit stuff happened a couple months ago and we did an episode on it, you know. I think we were vindicated. Steve Huffman basically said, this backlash is going to pass. Yes. And I think it has. Yeah, it has. That's what I'm saying. We were vindicated because in that I think that I feel like we kind of were like, yeah, you know, it kind of sucks to be someone who built something on Reddit. But at the end of the day, Reddit needs to make money and they kind of they're going to do what they're going to do and the big outburst about it, some of it is kind of weird and not really about this like API change. It's about like the inherent struggle of labor. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it passed and like it seems to have gone through and it is what it is. Reddit's back up and running and they've done what they've done. Yeah, exactly. And there's only a few like lindering subreddits that are, have that vague are drama down, that the users mostly whatever. don't care about. Whereas Unity, this is different to me. But I think it's an instructive comparison, right? Yeah. It's like they probably thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's been reporting, I think gamesindustry.biz uh, reported that um, there was lots of internal conflict. And yeah, a lot yeah. of people were like the developers and the gamers. Because like you got to remember that like even though gamers are not necessarily fully – and they often have a very adversarial relationship with developers mm. for not – I don't know, putting anime babes <laughs> with realistic breast physics into the games or whatever gamers are complaining about yeah, these yeah. days. But gamers got really mad about it because yeah. all of a sudden it sounded like some of their favorite titles were going to have issues in the future mm. because of Unity. So the backlash was really intense. And maybe they, I don't know if they calculated this on like the, the management level, but a lot of like really big popular titles, were their immediate response was like, all right, well, we're going to figure out a way to migrate off Unity. Yeah. We're just going to stop using it. And we should, sorry, for clarity as well, say like if you chose to use the Unity, like their advertising network within your game, then you wouldn't have to pay this like royalty or whatever. But obviously a lot of major games like don't have ads. Don't have ads, yeah. And also it's like, so a lot of people were talking about like, oh, this is just an onboarding thing for their Mm. ad network. It was probably like part of their their mental calculation. Mm. But anyway, and I think this is just like a, a general rule. When you have like that middleman position where you a lot of the industry kind of goes through you. 
kind of never pays to be maximally extractive, right? Like the idea being like the idea that you you suck as much value as possible. Yeah. Well, this is the problem of people like that, right? The most powerful player in the value chain extracts the most value. So in the case of like Unity, it's the app, it's Apple, right? In that value chain between someone developing a game and a consumer purchasing it, the most important and powerful player is Apple. Hence why Apple can take their 30%. Yeah. You know, the same is true of like Amazon in kind of the buy, the consumer buying experience. You end up paying at, at least around 30% if you're selling on Amazon once you have to factor in friggin' running ads and blah, blah, blah. Google is the same in basically like distributing websites or whatever. The big players extract the most value. Everyone else in the value chain gets yeah, yeah. pennies. Well, like their margin is eroded and given to those bigger players. It, it, yeah, totally. And it gives you, it makes you kind of realize actually how much power you have in mm. like, as being a middleman. Yeah. Where it's like, there is no way you can escape the Apple App Store. If you want to distribute software yeah. on mobile and make money doing it, like actually make revenue and not have people like pirate your software endlessly, yeah. you got to pay the piper. you got to pay well, Tim Cook and he's he's going to take that money. Exactly. And he'll be, he has the power to be like, it's 30% of your revenue, yeah. which is an insane cut, like a deranged <laughs> cut. Well, yeah, we're talking about like 20 cents on... I mean, it's an install. That that's the thing that screws everything up. Yeah, exactly. But like even Epic Games, who like have a very a pretty good model, like five percent is it's relatively hefty yeah. over, over a million. But like, yeah, Apple take just thirty, no worries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, as I said, if you're anywhere else in that value chain, then like Apple is going to extract the maximum amount of value because they own the distribution. And we've harped on about this a lot yeah, on down around. But they like, have the hardware. This is why Facebook or Meta wants to have a platform. Yeah, because they've realized. There's the switching cost of people getting away from meta products is not that high. Mm. Like people can stop using Facebook and a lot of them have. Yeah. People can stop using Instagram and start using TikTok and they can do all sorts of software stuff to arrest that. Yeah. And in the case of Unity, the switching cost is obviously substantial for current titles. Mm. Potentially there's some empty threats there and like already well-developed games that are running on Unity being like, well, we're going to completely shift off it somehow potentially only something they can do for future titles but there's another open there's an open source game engine called godot which is like relatively popular obviously there's unreal and unreal is moving further down the chain and um they're doing really smart stuff to try to capture value like for example there they have like a Fortnite level editor which is kind of targeted at young like teenagers mm. who are playing Fortnite and want to make their own content for yeah. it but the Fortnite level editor, editor works exactly like Unreal Engine mm. so basically they're just getting these like 13 year olds who want to make sick Fortnite levels yeah. and teaching them how to use Unreal so when they graduate to doing something yeah I want to actually I want to add my own characters. they're like oh, they open up Unreal and they're like oh shit I already know how to use this because yeah. I've been using the Fortnite level editor you go maximally extractive as someone like Unity. All you're going to do is force people to use something else. Yeah, they'll just go to they'll go use something else, and it'll also encourage other competitors to pop up and be like, Godot is like an open source alternative. Come come work with us. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it better for you. It's yeah. It just seems like if they think they can ride out the the backlash, it's it seems like a fairly fairly big risk. To yeah, I don't state. think it's happening. I think they walk it back. They've got to come up with a new model, probably more in line like with the if they want to try and capture some of that upside potential. Um, it sounds like the Epic model is probably a better one. Well, I mean, it's got to be a percentage of revenue. Because I mean, what the, so that what, you can actually accurately forecast. Because you can't really do you have to factor in your customer acquisition cost twenty cents per install? Like, yeah, it's, and you have to factor in possible new distribution methods. Yeah. Which, you know. Well, all of a sudden, I'm not incentivized or as incentivized to get people to install my 
my yeah. game. And and to be clear, like when I was talking about the the thing before, where someone was like, "Oh, some like bad actor could install my game ninety thousand times, mm. and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm on the hook for more than my game has ever made in revenue yeah. or whatever." I think that's potentially a bit alarmist in the sense that it's like they could probably figure out that that's happening. But mm. it certainly shows how like the marketing was terrible of this move, and that like they've left the field open. Because it was so confusing mm. for everyone to be like, well, how is any of this going to work? When If they had just announced, hey, we're going to a royalties model, yeah, it's not grandfathered in. So if you're like a pre- if your game's already been released, yeah, yeah. then you're okay. It's just for future titles. Yeah. But then it's, it makes you start thinking the reason they didn't do that could be that they're in serious financial problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. financial drama. I think that that... Yeah, no, and, their, and their stock prices. They've never. The I don't think Unity, Unity's never made a profit. Mm. They made some real like on paper profits for a couple of quarters mm. over the past little while, but with massive caveats. Again, it comes back to the thing of you take all that investment money, yeah. promising like we are going to be the backbone of the metaverse, mm. and then it's like actually the metaverse is maybe a little bit further away than we expected, yeah. and also maybe not happening. Yeah. So um, it's like fuck. What else can we do? Well. I was on X the other day and I saw a few ads for this game with someone like scrolling side to side and shooting with a community note saying this is not at all what the game is like, but they might have 2 million installs. Yeah. <laughs> and like the, there's a very high chance that was made in Unity. If, yeah. you see, if, you see, if you see a game, this is to give further context to people who have no idea what we're talking about. If you've seen an ad for a game where it's like a little weird side scrolling thing where a guy's shooting and as you say, there's a note under it that says this is actually some sort of match three gem game <laughs> probably made in unity as I have so many of those other ones and it destroys their those poor folks who were like we can just like put videos of other games up and like because at the moment twitter's advertising is super cheap it's only going to cost us like our customer acquisition cost for, for per install is like 75 cents and we're going to convert one percent of those people over to like buying gems in our match three game this blows their business model out of the water yeah yeah, yeah totally um, the, the other thing, <laughs> which is a disaster. <laughs> the other thing on the side of not rocking the boat, I think, is worth raising, is that one of the other powerhouses in gaming is Valve mm. and Steam, and developers and gamers and everyone. A lot of people have deep complaints about how Steam works, but you will notice that like Valve very rarely rocks the boat on the compensation and monetary side of things, mm. and this is why a lot of people have tried to eat away at Valve's lead with Steam. Steam is like, if you're a PC gamer and you play games on your computer, you get them off Steam. Yeah. Epic has their own game store. Yeah, which is another thing, which is what their big battle with Apple and whatnot is about. Worth flagging, we're across it, obviously, but not for this episode. Yeah. They've tried to like eat away at Steam's market share with their Epic game store. Hasn't worked super well, even though they've given insane incentives mm. to try to make get it off the ground. But it, it all comes down to the one of the reasons that Steam remains dominant is that they've entrenched their market share and there's lots of weird stuff that's, that Steam does on the content side, but you're very rarely going to see them come out and offer some insane shaking up of terms yeah. for developers and cut and all that sort of stuff because the moment they do, everyone just migrates over to the um, the Epic Game Store or whatever. Yeah, And Unity, obviously, their bet is everyone's going to scream about this for a little while. Maybe they priced in some of that walk back. Mm. I think it's too disruptive. I, I I really think they're going to have to walk back the paper install. It breaks the business model of like contemporary gaming distribution. 
too much. I, I say that as someone who's not that connected with gaming and I'm just looking at this purely like we talk about friggin' throw the word business model around a lot, but like that breaks what most companies are doing now. Look, maybe it needs to be broken. We've said before that pretty annoying the state of modern gaming where like everything is free to install and then like expensive upgrades and selling gems and basically the poker machine model or whatever. But you know, probably tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of businesses around the world that use Unity that have built their entire businesses around that model and this breaks it, they're gonna have to walk it back. I just can't see how it's feasible. That's my take. See what happens. Yeah, and they've basically announced they're already reconsidering um, a good chunk of it. So we'll see how that pans out. Maybe they will have announced it by the time you listen to this episode. Yeah, I'm predicting it, they'll look, go to the epic model. That's my prediction. Of just oh, um, like revenue, it would be a percentage of just, revenue, just present re- re- royalties and probably some sort of grandfathering scheme to like keep current developers mm. happy about it. But you know, they still face the risk now. And here's the thing: with stuff like this, it's all about trust, right? So if you're a developer that already has a title on Unity and you're thinking about your next game, gaming is a hits business, well, depending on what type type of game you're making, you're thinking about how you're going to build the next one. Even if they walk it back, it's pretty hard to win that trust back because those mm. developers are going to be like, well, is Unity going to pull some more insane bullshit in the future? Yeah. Should we just go with Unreal or should we go with Godot or build our own engine? Why not get, get back to the early 90s? You yeah, know? yeah. A couple let's, of let's get some polygons going. Yeah, exactly. Well, wow, look, look, I'm rendering a rotating cube on the screen. <laughs> Remember the, the sense of wonder of seeing that happen. Yeah, hello world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's get back to that. If you're listening to this, did you know there's another world out there where you get a second episode of Down Round a week? Yep, it's called Down Round Premium. That's right, and there's no interruptions. No interruptions, no ads, two episodes a week, including the free one you're getting right now, plus another one. Yep, seven bucks a month, not a week, a month, downround.net, downround.net, instant access to the whole back catalogue as well. You've got so much to catch up on. There's so much. Get around it. Mm. (laughs) Mmm.